Welcome to the BFA International Audio Blog. This is your host and friend, Keith Johnson, an ambassador of God's time, his clock. God's Torah, his word, and God's tetragrammaton, his four-letter personal, powerful, and profound name. We at Biblical Foundations Academy are committed to inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. So let's get this audio blog started. In the spirit of our international mission, I always have one eye on the United States, one eye on the world, and my heart in Israel. Why? Because it is the place where the BFA International Ministry was birthed, right below the Western Wall. When I think of the land, language, people, and God of Israel, I'm reminded that it is also the place that my faith is based, unless uh, we buy what the Catholic Church is selling, that Rome is the eternal city. (laughs) Not Of course, the other option is to jump on the Presbyterian protest bus that considers present-day Israel as occupiers of Palestinian territory. Can I say not again? Let me just get this, this, this audio blog started. Let me just be completely honest and let everyone know that's listening. I, I, I'm on my own on this one. I'm, I am here by myself, uh, and I've been in a bit of a struggle uh, for the last few days. Uh, I am shocked, dismayed, upset, and embarrassed by the recent vote by the Presbyterian denomination last week on divestment from Israel. Did you hear that? If you're not aware of what is happening, I've linked an article I wrote for Breaking Israel News titled Eyebrows Raised in Israel Over Presbyterian BDS. That's boycott, divestment, sanctions. And not BS for you potty mouths who might be listening, though I have to admit the BDS movement could be called the BS movement for the big slap that they gave Israel right in the face and be right in line in terms of their mission. There, I said it. After hearing about the vote on Friday, I wrote an article uh, Saturday night and sent it to our editing team for approval. I should call them our, 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 uh, the, the amazing editing team that we have. Uh, I, I have two witnesses who hold me accountable once I start writing, as I've been known to sometimes get out of control. I said sometimes. The good news is that nobody's editing this audio blog but me, <laughs> at least for now. Uh, The team uh, took a look at the article. Uh, They cleaned it up a little bit and uh, sent it to Breaking Israel News just in time for a Sunday morning op-ed. The editor uh, there was impressed, and and now I'm in the crosshairs of conflict with a Protestant denomination that has thrown Israel under their protest bus, but also I am in agreement with the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu who also took the time to respond to the Presbyterian BDS mess. Now, folks, I have to be honest with you. I have had a bit of a a struggle uh, with the prime minister on some issues. There are some issues we don't see eye to eye. I I just have to say, though, uh, in the last uh, few months, especially as I have gotten closer and closer to understanding via talking to people, in Israel on a number of different issues, a diversity uh, of people that I've been interacting with. I have a deeper, I guess I say, appreciation for the situation that the prime minister 
uh, finds himself in. And one of the things that I have really, really struggled with is just uh, at what level does uh, the Israeli government uh, play into the hand of those who who want uh, Israel to sort of uh, be on the defensive rather than the offensive? Now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but I will say that I stood up and cheered when uh, breaking Israel news uh, connected my article to an article uh, that they wrote regarding Benjamin Netanyahu's response. And let's do this. Let's listen in to what Bibi had to say. Hey, look, I call him by his nickname now since we agree on this issue. I'll call him the prime minister when we bump heads in the future about a few other unresolved matters that we are in the midst of having to uh, to come into some common ground with. But let's do this. I want to I want to stop real quick and, and give you a chance to listen to his words in response as I responded to the Presbyterian BDS. As, as peace talks have stalled between you and the Palestinian Authority, there's been new pressure from some religious groups. The Presbyterians in the United States uh, have just uh, passed a, a decision voted to divest its holdings in companies uh, that do business with Israel, that sell products to Israel that they claim are used in the course of the occupation of the Palestinians. How troubling is this to you? Do you think there'll be other uh, Protestant denominations that follow suit? It should trouble all people of conscience and morality because it's so disgraceful. Uh, you know, you look at what's happening in the Middle East, and I think most Americans understand this. They, they see this enormous area riveted by religious hatred, by savagery of unimaginable proportions. Then you come to Israel and you see the one democracy uh, that upholds uh, basic human rights, that guards the rights of all minorities, that protects Christians. Christians are persecuted throughout the Middle East. So most Americans understand that Israel is a beacon of civilization and moderation. You know, I would suggest to uh, this Presbyterian organizations to fly to the Middle East, come and see Israel for the embattled democracy that it is, and then take a bus tour. Go to Libya, go to Syria, go to Iraq, and see the difference. And I, I would give them two pieces of advice. One is Make sure it's an armor-plated bus. And second, don't, um, don't say that you're Christians. Prime Minister Netanyahu, as always, we thank you for your views and for joining us this morning. Thank you. Well, I have to say, I mean, I, 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 I listened to, to what he had to say, and I think that uh, I could sense a bit of a shift. You know, uh, Netanyahu actually um, uh, spoke about this issue live. I believe it was at a, at a news uh, conference of some sort. And then, of course, he he did the uh, the video for um Meet the press. I think. I think really what he did it was, was to meet the BFA audio blog listeners. You, you guys get a chance to hear things as they happen. I have been trying my best over these last twenty some weeks to give you what's happening as it's happening, and and we, we've tried to come up with technology so we can be you know right on time regarding what's happening. Now we're not a news agency. Don't want to be a news agency. However, one of the things that has been very, very, very encouraging is to get the invitation to write. Uh, a, a, the op-eds for breaking Israel news and what they do in that particular site is they say they're offering uh, up-to-date news but they're doing it from a biblical perspective and that's right in line with what I love to do. I love to look at what's happening in the earth and then ask how it matches with what I find 
in scripture. And so when I heard about the Presbyterians, I mean, I had just written an article a week before and I got to say something. If you haven't gotten a chance to take a look at what I've been writing with the help of my two witnesses, which are the crack team, they're amazing. They're wonderful. They keep me in line. But what they allow me to do is to speak from my heart and to write from my heart. And then, you know, sometimes if I get a little off, they they they, they pull me back in just just not to go too far. But what I love about them is, like I say, they allow me to to really to write from my heart. And when I heard about what had happened in the in the vote that the Presbyterians uh, made it, it it really did crush me. I didn't. It did, I still have not fully uh, recovered from what's happened. For people like me who are consistently and continuously uh, making inroads um, in, into the place, the land of our of Scripture, you know, the Holy Land over there, and the people of Israel, it is so discouraging. To see the kind of thing. In fact, if you read my article, I won't bore you on it. I call it eyebrows raised uh, because for me, when I say I'm a pastor, you know, th- there is a raised eyebrow in Israel for a number of reasons. Historically and practically, a number of the things that have been done uh, through the denominations, uh, the movement that I happen to be uh, connected to. Uh, and so when you work so hard to, to make uh, connections and have common ground and then have something like this happen, it clearly uh, was was discouraging. I found it interesting that the vote that took place, they actually had been discussing this for some time. And let me just say, if you don't get a chance to read the article, I also did a little research regarding the United Methodist Church. I know some of you that are listening say, Keith, why are you still a United Methodist? Well, look, I'm waiting for them to kick me out. If, if they don't kick me out, what do I need to do? I mean, there's no financial connection. I'm there. It allows me to do the things that I do. Sometimes I go into hospitals and I flash that card, uh, whether it be that I have an opportunity to go into prisons. Sometimes I flash that card. And because I'm a pastor, there are doors that have been opened on a number of different levels, which I don't mind walking through now. If we get to a place where a, a vote like that that just took place would take place in the, in the denomination that I'm connected to, we'd probably have a bit of a crisis. I did do some research. The United Methodist Church uh, did have some discussion uh, and voted two to one not to divest. However, there was a situation where they sold some stock because of its connection into prisons and that by the rules, they can't have a, a stock that's connected to prison. The pension group actually uh, sold that stock. But the BDS movement, the, the international BDS movement, uh, boycott, uh, divestment and sanctions movement, uh, you, you know, cheered for what the Methodists did because they took that as a way of, 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 of again, disconnecting from a company that was running a prison in Israel and they they saw that as a as a, as a divestment. They are clear the United Methodists have been clear that that was not their position. However, the Presbyterians uh, did something that as I mentioned got the attention all the way to the highest levels of government and to people all over the world literally it, that were in shock for the 3 to 10 310 to 303 vote in favor of divesting from uh, three companies. I believe right off the top of my head, it was Caterpillar, it was Motorola and Hewlett Packard because of their connection to things like this. I'll give you an example how ridiculous this is. Hewlett Packard because somehow they're connected in the the, the blockade <laughs> in Gaza. 
the blockade in the water, the, 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 you know, the blockade in Gaza. And somehow Motorola, because it's used for security cameras regarding what they call the occupied territories. And then the one with Caterpillar, they're saying, well, because they bulldoze homes. You know, it's kind of like selective um, discussion there. Each of those companies also have been beneficial to all people in Israel. But, you know, again, it's convenient to do what you want to do when you have an agenda. And that's exactly uh, what they did. What I appreciated about uh, Netanyahu's response was, was one thing that really caught my attention. And he said, you know, if you go to the Middle East and for those who have not been to the Middle East, it is a it is a phenomenal experience. I've been there. Uh, not just to Israel. I've actually been to other places. I've been to Egypt. I've been to Turkey. I've been to places and I've gotten a chance to see, to feel, to smell, to touch, to talk to the many dimensions that you that you experience there. And in, in Israel, one of the things that is really quite amazing is that Israel is surrounded, literally surrounded uh, by countries that have a completely different approach. It is not those those countries, many of those countries um some of them have flirted with democracy. Some of them have tried it and it doesn't work back and forth. But but one of the things that Netanyahu said, and you just heard it was, you know, I'll tell you what, you want to you want to talk about what happens in Israel? Get on a plane, come over and see it for yourself. And I loved his invitation, but also his challenge that said, now get on a bus and go to Iraq and go to it. And, and just, you know, two things, let it be armored and don't tell him that you have a, a Christian uh, background. And I know there are many people. That are, that are listening, the diversity of people for the BFA International Group. Like I say, we inspire people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. And prayerfully, we want that faith, that faith to be based in Scripture. Uh, but, but, you know, the, it is really, really, really hard for me to think about what the Presbyterians were thinking. I know some of you throw them under the bus too, but you know, I happen to be a person that wants to reach people uh, in a number of places. If, if there's anything that I get charged for, it's that Keith, you, you, your arms are too big. They're too wide. You're trying to reach too many people. But I just think a lot about the process that we have been in, that I have been in, the people that I'm connected with have been in. And, and it's been very, very rare for me not to find people, uh, at least from the perspective of where I come from, that didn't have their start right in those pews, whether it be Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, etc. And I think it's real easy to kind of point our fingers and, and say, well, those are the bad guys. No, everybody's in a process. But what this situation did is, in my opinion, it really changed the game. And for me, it's a, it's been a struggle. And I think a lot of it has to do with the inability of those that are voting to really understand what's happening in the land. I think it's easy to be sitting in Detroit, Michigan, voting casually about what's happening in Israel in the middle of the belly button of the universe and, and, and to raise your hand, yay or nay, or to get those arguments. And as he said, you know, get on a bus and get over there. And that's why we do what we do with these tours. Hopefully people will seriously consider coming with us next March. Uh, if you just go to the BFA website, right on the front page is an Israel tour information there. We do have some people that have signed up already. And hopefully we're going to get enough people so that we can make our way for the Signs of the Times tour next March. Don't want to talk much about that. I do want to suggest for any Presbyterians uh, that are listening, they might want to do something like this. I think for those who voted, they might want to get a different perspective. There's someone I wish they could talk to. His name is Sheikh Ahmed Aladouan of Amman. He's a member of Jordan's well-known Adwan tribe. <laughs> the guy went to Facebook 
Now, I'm telling you, this is a sheikh. He went to pay, he posted on Facebook that there is no such place as Palestine. And he provided references from the Quran to back up his assertion. Now, let me tell you something. I get in trouble because I love to talk to people from different backgrounds. When I'm in Israel, I always make it a point to speak to people from different backgrounds. I speak to Palestinian people, quote unquote, of a place that doesn't actually exist. But Palestine is a place, according to what the Sheikh says, doesn't exist. Now, if we do our own study, we'll find something really interesting about the word Palestine. But let let, let me just move on. So the Sheikh said this. He says, listen, there is no such place as Palestine. And he provided references from the Quran. One of the verses he provided states that Allah gave the Holy Land to the sons of Israel until the day of judgment. The other one he provided was says that the land was bequeathed to the Jews. Now, when he did this, it caused a great stir in the Arab world. There are people that distanced them from themselves. In fact, his own tribe distanced themselves from him, but he's been very strong about it. And there have been a number of other people from the Islam background that uh, from the Muslim faith that have also declared that, listen, here's the deal. You've got three holy places, what they call three holy places in Islam. And uh, uh, two of them are nowhere in in Israel. One of them being uh, the Temple Mount, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, as they say. But what's so interesting is that when Muslims pray, they pray with their back to the Holy of Holies. They pray toward Mecca. When Jews pray, they pray toward the Holy of Holies. They pray toward the Temple Mount. And so his argument is, listen, let's just call it, it, it is it is for what it is. You know, you got to find a way to work with the people who are in the land that God gave the land to. And this is a, this is a, this is a sheikh saying, you know, God gave the land to uh, Israel. Uh, the present day people that are there representing uh, the Jewish folks from around the world, of course, one of the things that's very exciting, I just, this is, this is a little sidelight for me. One of the things that's very exciting is to see the amount of people who are coming back to Israel who, 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 who may not consider themselves from the tribe of Judah, but they would be from other tribes. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not. I, I, maybe I should do something on this. Uh, um, uh, the, 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 the sons of Manasseh. Uh, have actually uh, come back to the land of Israel. And this has been a long process, like hundreds, supposedly there's like 7,000 of them that they hope to bring back to Israel. And they're declaring this as a prophetic fulfillment to see part of the uh, the tribes of the Northern Kingdom that have now come back uh, to Israel. So it's, it's a very interesting, a very interesting situation. Now I could spend a lot of time talking about how frustrated I am, how embarrassed I am, how upset I am about the decision that the Presbyterians made. Uh, could it be easily throw stones as a quote unquote United Methodist? But look, yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. The Methodists have a lot of issues too. Uh, a number of denominations struggle with what their uh, perspective is uh, about the land of Israel. And sometimes and oftentimes that that perspective is not based on scripture. So I, I'm going to try every once in a while to do what I call the, the biblical brick of the week. And so what I want to do uh, today for those that are listening is I just want to take a moment to, to take a look at a verse, uh, if I if I look at uh, how many times the word Israel shows up, it's probably over twenty five hundred times, maybe twenty five hundred times. But I always like to go to the first time a word is used, and usually that first time that the word is used, there will either be a play on words or you know something that will give me a hint 
about the significance, the importance, the meaning, the power uh, of that particular word. And, and Israel happens to be one that uh, has, has, has really, I love to take a look at. In fact, I got on a bit of a roll this week. I'll confess to you guys right now. I did the article on Sunday and then two days later, I heard about this young man who was an Israeli citizen named Mohammed. And Mohammed was 13 years old when he was killed, uh, when he was with his father, uh, who was a defense contractor. They're from the Galilee and they were out checking uh, the border with uh, the Golan Heights up in the area, right? Uh, you know, Syria to the north and uh, a mortar or a, 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 a bomb of some sort went off and, and little Muhammad, 13 years old, uh, died. And what was interesting for me about that is Israel's response was not uh, we're going to respond or not respond based on the name of this young man, Muhammad. And for those that don't know, because his name was Muhammad, more than likely he wasn't Jewish. And for those that don't know, as I wrote in the article, uh, there are probably close to two million people that are Israeli citizens that do not have the DNA of the Jewish people. However, they are Israeli citizens. And the response uh, to what happened at the death of one of the Israeli citizens named Muhammad, uh, the IDF responded uh, with with quickness. And, and they they I mean, they openly said uh, you 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 have you have attacked an Israeli citizen and therefore there's going to be a response. And the response was quick. And it was fast and it was uh, pinpointed regarding what was going on there. I also wrote about that. Maybe we'll put a link up uh, about this as a memory to Muhammad, who's 13 years old. And, you know, one of the things that I, I ended with is I ended with a verse in Genesis 32, 28 in this article. And if it's OK, I want to take a minute to do what I didn't get to do in the article. And that's to talk about the significance of the name Israel. Uh, if we go to Genesis 32, 28, we see this wonderful and uh, powerful uh, picture and and the, and the picture is, is very clear. Jacob uh, is in a wrestling match with an angel and, and he won't let go. And he says, I will not let go until you bless me. And he asks the question, what is your name? And he says, my name is Jacob. And he says, your name, Genesis 32, 28, the biblical brick of the week, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, what do I love about the verse? Immediately what I know is that in our English Bible, striven and Israel, it doesn't seem to be much of a match. But if I were to do what I love to do, and that is to take a look to see what it would say in my Hebrew Bible, I'd find out that the word striven and the word Israel, Israel's root, which would be Sarah, the word striven also is Sarah, kind of like spelled just like Sarah. But uh, there are three, I believe it's three times. Yeah, three times that Sarah doesn't mean Sarah, like, you know, Sarah, Abraham's wife before she, you know, you guys know about Sarah. Anyway, the, the, the word uh, Sarah which is striven, uh, I find this verse and I say, okay, so that means that the word Israel must have this word in it because it says you have striven. And again, this is what's so powerful about the Hebrew language. By the way, did you guys get a chance to see Scripture Bites where I get a chance to bring some of this biblical information? If you haven't, it's available right now on the front page. And uh, did Isaiah 56 uh, and it's it, it's a way to kind of show some of what the process is that I go through in terms of bringing biblical information, inspiration and revelation. Hopefully, if we're able to get enough people on board with what we're trying to do with our summer bonanza, we're going to be able 
to not only finish the editing, finish the work that we're doing, but I will give you guys some great news. We are in position very soon, hopefully, to be able to say we have enough of these scripture bites so we can begin to to upload. And I don't know if that's going to happen right away or if it's going to be later. Uh, we're in the middle of some stuff. They've got to make some decisions about it. But again, what I love about scripture bites, it's doing a little bit, a little bit more what I'm trying to do right now. And that's to bring some of this information. So the word uh, striven or in your, your English Bible, striven, the NASB is, is from the Hebrew word uh, sarah, which means to strive or to contend or even to wrestle. And and what uh, what the scripture is saying here is you shall be called Sarah El Yisrael and the the, the, the first little letter is kind of a hint to say it's it's speaking and making this into a name. It's really kind of a cool thing. I could go even further or deeper into it. But what I love about it is, is it gets this picture that there's going to be this striving that's going to take place. So if I go to Hosea chapter 12, verse three, it says in the womb, he took his brother by the heel and in his maturity, he contended Sarah with God. Hosea 12, four. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He found him at Bethel and there he spoke with him and the word for wrestled again, Sarah. So when I say the words Israel, immediately in my mind, I see two words. I see the word Sarah and I see the word El. And what does he say? You have Sarah, you have wrestled with God and you have wrestled you have contended, you have striven with men. Now, when I think about Israel and when I turn on the news and why I get so excited to be completely honest with everybody, why I get so excited sometimes and inspired to write is I get excited about what God says is true. When we see that Israel is contending with man, when we see that Israel is wrestling with God, when we see that Israel is striven, striving even with the nations, we should think, wow, God's word is real. His word is true. God is not a man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill the name that God gave Jacob? No longer Jacob, but Israel. Jacob is living that name out today. All you got to do is go in there. All you turn on the news, listen to the radio. I bet you I bet you 80% of what is talked about on the news is somehow connected to the Middle East, which somehow is connected to Israel or his those that are that are battling with Israel. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Now, some people run from that. They say, look, I'm going to stay as far away from that place as possible. I run into it. I want to be anywhere where God's revelation is being played out even when that revelation is sometimes difficult and I will say right now there are times that I hear about what's happening over in the Middle East when I hear about what's happening with Israel whether it's being whether whether it's the north the south the east or the west there are times I just think man what is about to take place and yet on the other hand I kind of put a little bit of peace in my heart to say Israel is simply living out the name that God gave it. And what does it say? Okay, we can focus right now. You know, I'm listen, guys, I'm I'm here, I'm talking to you. This is this is my way of sharing. I'm here talking to you, and I'm thinking to myself, I could focus a lot about the striving. I could focus a lot on the contending. I could focus a lot on the wrestling. Or I could focus on the fact 
that what he says is, and you've prevailed. I mean, in the end, Israel wins. <laughs> now, in the meantime, in the struggle, in the beginning, I mean, look, this, there, there are some real serious struggles and difficulties that are going on that are not easy answers. It's complicated. It is absolutely no question about it. It's complicated. Anybody says they got a simple answer by voting on divestment and says that's the answer for the peace plan and then and at the same time saying we're going to affirm the two-state solution which is not a solution at all it's a problem they don't understand it at all and listen let me be clear i also don't understand all of it what i do understand is that god chose a people brought that people out with a strong arm met them at the mountain gave them his covenant gave them the land that he says I'm going to give gives them the land brings them into the land plants them into the land and now we've got all sorts of struggles and issues and battles there was ins and outs uprooting replanting replants all those things that you can imagine but in the end they are living out their name so all I can say is this it's been a it's been a how can I say a a struggle it's been a wrestling match I feel like I'm in a battle right now for the things that we are trying to do there's a number of issues that we are struggling with there are a number of issues that we are wrestling through there are people that that I'm sure sometimes must be you know how do you guys even survive sometimes I wonder how do we even survive we strive we keep battling we keep wrestling we keep doing everything that we have to do now I want to say that there are some things that are going on right now that are really really exciting and I do need to bring you up to date as I've mentioned earlier we got three things three things that we're working on between now and September 1st. And each of these things are a part of our mission. If you have not gotten a chance to see the preview on these three things, I sincerely hope that you will uh, visit the projects page and see these three things. But I want to talk just a little bit about these three things. There's some information that's right now being put together regarding what will happen this fall that I cannot wait to announce. I hope that in the next few weeks, a couple of weeks, I'll be able to announce a major initiative that we're going to do this fall that's connected to uh, the Right on Time series, which has to do with the seventh month. And there's so many people that discuss when does the seventh month start? And you've got you've got the Yom Kippur and you've got Sikot and you've got the dates and you've got the issues. I, what I love about uh, the seventh month, you know, the, in the beginning uh, of, of, of the biblical year, people argue about when the, the, the year starts, beginning all back and forth. What I love about the seventh month, it's kind of like this opportunity three times within about 30 days to sync your life with God's clock. Why? You've got Yom Teruah, then you've got Yom Kippur, and then you've got Sukkot. And I mean, all three of these things and major opportunities to to evaluate where you're at in your life and and, and, and to, to apply the information into your life. I and mean, it's just, just amazing. So I did this, 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 um, this, this, I don't even know what to call it. It was a, it was a bonanza itself of information that I got during a, a time that I went uh, uh, to Israel during the seventh month. And, and what I was able to capture and when I did it and what happened is, is just mind boggling. Well, yesterday we worked on it a little bit. 
took a look at it and it's going to it's really going to be good, folks. We're going to need your help on that. It's going to be able to touch people around the world. I hope to be able to incorporate. And I've even been asked to incorporate some of our videos, some parts of the video, even to what I'm writing with uh, Breaking Israel News, which reaches people. I, I, I'll do an article and like 100 people will share it. 500, people, 700 people. A thousand people share an article. I've never heard of such a thing, but it's happened already with us. And so we're going to be able to incorporate that information and literally reach people around the world. Um, The second thing, Scripture Bites, which, you know, again, we've had so many people that were positive about it. I wish it was easier to do. The steps that we've got to go through to do one scripture bite, as I've said earlier, it's almost embarrassing the amount of time and resources we have to put into just one. But we believe it's worth it. And we've got people working constantly on a number of different levels so that we can get enough scripture bites put into the queue so we can actually set it up and make it available. Uh, My goal, long term goal, is to get enough of them there so that by the end of this summer, we'll be able to just put them up week by week and people will see them and interact with them and be blessed. And and the foundation of their their faith will be built uh, regarding scripture. Uh, the third thing I have been working on all day today, uh, it has to do with uh, what I call a prayer for up there. It's a documentary on what really is happening with the Temple Mount. And I am so inspired. I am so inspired. I, I didn't plan on getting in the midst of this international crisis, this biblical battle, this 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 chaos and confusion. But uh, I have been invited to be involved in something that um, as far as real estate, I don't know that there's another piece. Of, I, in fact, I would say this. There's not another piece of real estate that is as important as uh, the Temple Mount and specifically the historic, biblical, practical, applicable information regarding that place, the place where God says he set his name for just a few years. No, he says he set his name forever. And if you've never been to the Temple Mount, I'm going to take you there through this documentary. I'm going to let you see some stuff that people have not seen. I'm going to bring you on uh, some journeys that people haven't been on. In fact, one of the things that I was working on today is being able, uh, I was invited to be, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to bore you guys with all this. You guys are probably thinking, ah, it's commercials. Let's get out. Let's shut this thing off. All I can tell you is um, these three projects that we're working on every day. Uh, we're doing something to, to, to get this ready and we do need people to come alongside for the vision that God has given us. Would you do me a favor and at least visit the projects page, see what the projects are, look at the previews and as a result, prayerfully consider uh, sharing with us in this ministry. Now, I want to tell you, I am thankful to those of you that have already responded. I am not overwhelmed. I'm look, not looking at if the glass is half full or half empty. I'm simply looking at the fact that we've got vision and now God is bringing pro- provision. So, well, folks, I just, I want to thank you for listening. I, I, I'm going to say something right now. Uh, the audio blogs for the rest of the summer, hopefully they'll be every week. It's possible they won't be. There might be a time where I got to do two because something really big happens or I won't do something because I'm not inspired. I, for this next few weeks want to be focusing strongly on a number of things that are happening that by this fall as I've said earlier are going to shock your socks off what God is doing he's opening some doors that that when I talk to the very very few people that I, that will listen to me when I talk to them they're they're always overwhelmed with wow that's amazing what what God is doing and I believe that's because of the times that we're in so do me a favor would you as in the midst of this this bonanza that we're in, we got, you know, as I mentioned, 
things are happening all the way around us. Uh, I'm excited about just being a part of what is, is happening in my personal life and what's happening in ministry life and family life. But I would I want to challenge you to do something. I want to I want to I want to ask you. I want to I want to prayerfully challenge you to do me this favor. If you will keep listening, if you'll keep reading, if you'll keep watching, if you'll keep sharing and caring and praying, we will keep working. Mm-hmm.